Gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. We are glad that you are with us as we get started. A friendly reminder that nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official statement of doctrine or belief of any particular school, church, or calling body. We are not affiliated with any particular school, church, or calling body, and that everything we say here is simply the belief or opinion of the man who states it and nothing more. Let's get started with the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Fans, what's that for? What's that? What was that for? I'll put a little thing on it that says "Buy shirts" oh. and "Buy stickers." Either that, or I'll just edit it out. It's <laughs> possible too. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> the podcast <real>. starts <laughs> now. <laughs> starts whatever we wanted to. All right, so we are on the broadcast today. Um, the fellows are here. We got Cam Schrader. You guys know Cam, Ezra Bloomer, and go ahead, introduce yourself. My name is Caleb Lindholm. Caleb Lindholm. What's up, Caleb? Welcome on the show, man. Glad to have you. Tell Glad us a little bit about yourself. I am 20 years old. I'm a sophomore on the Paso track, doing the Latin things. Just got done with my last Latin class ever yesterday. Felt pretty good. Huge. Felt pretty good with Professor Frederick, so good to get those in he's still a young guy no wonder i am, I am. no wonder all right i um from luther prep went there that is my favorite place on the earth um i took a year off of school in my first year of fatherhood uh so now i have a 28 month old little baby girl named sophia which is just the biggest blessing ever yeah awesome Yes. Very cool. Before we get started with the podcast itself, of course, we got and you got so you got a little bit of facial hair going here. So I you're do. the right guy to have. I do. Uh, our sponsor for this episode is um, Burger Beer General Beard Oils and Supplements. Go ahead and grab one. Um, you gotta, you gotta actually use it. Beard is new too. I've been going mustache all semester. Okay. So this is it brand, looks good, man. This is brand Perfect new. Perfect timing. So like a little bit nine, of palm nine day beard. A little beard. bit of palm. Yep. Nine day beard. And then just. Smooth it on your great beard, oh, Cameron. <laughs> you said it's like Cameron's got the biggest baby face I've ever seen. <laughs> Ezra's got something. Yeah, he's got a little something coming in. So this is Brie Beard General Beard Oil made by Nate Hensler. Nate Hensler's been on the show a few times. He's a great dude. He's a Wells teacher. Um, his side hustle is making beard oil, and he's good at it. Uh, you want to use beard oil? Make sure that there's no dandruff in your beard. That's just not sexy. Gross, Nobody man. wants that. It's disgusting. No. Never gonna so find you gotta deal with it. Dandruff in your beard. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. For the masks especially are just killing my facial hair. So <laughs> uh, it's been getting worse and worse. Um, so it's the almost of over. That I've, been, I've consumed this, this I year. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, but you gotta use Brigadier General beard oil. Find it on sites.google.com forward slash Brigadier General, or find them on Facebook and order it. That's good stuff. I use it every single day. All right. Our conversation today is about sacrifice. Sacrifice. 
Any opening thoughts on the word sacrifice there, fellas? Opening thoughts? Yeah. Well, I think, okay, so if we don't have any opening thoughts, <laughs> fine. Where do we go over here? <laughs> it's those tacos, man. We're just ready for a nap and a beer. That's right. It's the tacos. It's the tacos. We should eat after. <laughs> but it was so good. We couldn't have looked at that. It was so fresh. No. Yeah. So I, I saw that the word sacrifice a lot of times um, is one of those things where like roll your eyes at, you know, where a lot of times somebody's telling you, well, you got to sacrifice for this. And you kind of roll your eyes, at least for me, kind of roll your eyes and go like, yeah, whatever. Um, but it is something that we need to learn and something that needs to be talked about. It's an important skill for manhood. Um, yeah, I don't know really where to start. I think it, I think it, a lot of it has to do is wrapped up with your, your, image and your focus on yourself um because if you're if you're really wrapped up in your own interests or your own goals um your your own agenda it's going to be a lot more difficult to sacrifice for the greater good whether that's um your ministry in our situation or or somebody in your life um or you know whatever whatever you're sacrificing for you know if you're if you're so wrapped up in your in yourself and what you've got going on um that's not going to happen as, as readily. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is purpose. Um, mm-hmm. I think that probably is the right place to start this conversation. Um, sacrifice is going to be totally related to your purpose, just like anything else. Um, I th- I th- well, I think, how do we frame this? Yeah, I think sacrifice is like you can lose things, and that doesn't mean you sacrifice something. But I think sacrificing is like making the choice to give something up and being willing to sacrifice it and like put it above something else that might be important to you. Yeah. Is it necessary all the time? That's what I think. Well, if it, if it's not necessary, maybe it's not sacrifice. Like at that point, like, Ooh. Mm. Mm. Okay. you know, like yeah. <clears throat> if I'm putting myself through this situation, that's really tough, really like not necessary, you know, um, why is that really sacrifice to have to go through that? Or is that just putting yourself through something saying that there's a purpose behind it, but um, at the end of the day, it's, like, so unnecessary, you know? Yeah, can you think of an example maybe of that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I can get, like, really pursed, like, MLC sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just, like, the social dynamics sometimes or, like, just, like, the feeling of having to be a new alm feels a little bit unnecessary to me and it and I guess this would be different because I think it's a necessary sacrifice but at some points in my life I've been like man am I sacrificing something for like is there actually a point behind the sacrifice you know is this something that's worth you know putting everything aside my happiness my sometimes my happiness sometimes my uh enjoyment for uh the end goal you know and i in this case it's a little different because i think the end goal justifies the means but yeah, yeah I, well and, and the idea of can i get to the goal some other way that's not as difficult exactly yeah exactly yeah yeah all right one thing my uh roommate and i have been talking about with like sacrifices in like hebrew or greek like i can get a 90 on 45 minutes of studying and then i can I can go make time for myself and treat myself for a night or I can get a 99 on an hour and a half of studying. So like 
what what are you looking to sacrifice and what is most nice. important to you? <laughs> Study for an hour and get a 90? That <laughs> must be nice. Maybe not, maybe <laughs> not that high. Maybe not that high. Maybe not that high. Well, you say, point. on the flip side, uh, when you start looking at grades and things, you know, do you, at what point do you sacrifice the grade for your sanity or yeah. for your social life or for, you know, your health or whatever it might be, right? Or you sacrifice those things for the grade. Or do you, yeah, right, exactly. Something's got to fall. Yeah. How do you determine what's going to fall and what stays? And that goes back to identity, right, and your purpose. And I think that's like, you know, where we were trying to take this at the beginning. Um, but we kind of, we had to hit this bump along the road first, I think. Yeah. So, um, that's what editing is for. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. <laughs> but I think like it, it does go back to your identity. So like for me, well, not identity necessarily, because I think identity at its root is like who Jesus made us, you know? And so like, I think, uh, you know, I'm a blood bought child of God and that's my identity number one, but I don't necessarily know if that comes into like play when I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to you know, cram because I can be a blood bought child of God by dedicating a ton of time to my studies. I can also be a blood bought child of God by dedicating time to that person that needs to go to quick trip or, you know, have fun for a night. And so like at that point, I think you go back to where am I felt like I'm needed the most in this situation. And so for me personally, I've drawn the line. Like if, if I see a friend in distress or a friend in need, or I'm personally feeling like I'm in need, I'm going to put that my studies aside for the greater good of helping that person because I'm feeling called in that moment to then go and help them, you know? Yeah. Um, and also that goes for myself. Like I can tell you, I would not make, have made it through this year if I had not taken time out of my day to moments where studying just got absolutely extremely difficult and frustrating to like take a step back and be like, Hey, I need to take a break. You know, I need to call Cameron. I need to go to late night, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's going back to where you're being called, what your purpose is in, you know, in obviously no long-term purpose, but where's your purpose in that moment? Well, and I think that also is a conversation about like the gifts, the uniqueness of each individual, right? Agreed, yeah. So uh, a lot of time, okay, so this is something I was, this is something I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about or not, but while I was thinking about it kind of ahead of time, it was, it just kept coming back to my head. Um, there's... Um, so people from St. Paul's might have an idea of what I'm talking about here, but there's one specific kid. It's actually a girl at St. Paul's right now who is just a stud athlete. She's a fantastic athlete. Um, cousins and like relatives playing, you know, basketball at colleges, like under scholarships and all that kind of stuff. Like phenomenal athlete, excellent student, um, just an all around amazing kid, loves the Lord, all of that. Um, having a really hard time relating to her classmates right now mm. because her classmates are all frankly decidedly average you know like they're just normal kids um, and uh so there's a kind of debate among the adults about what needs because something something about the dynamic isn't right so different adults approaching the same problem with different ideas and um it just kind of gives me a chuckle sometimes to hear like uh, most people, their solution to a problem like that is to say, like, why don't you be more like your peers? But in order to be more like your peers, you kind of have to dull your shine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you have to take a step back and be less special. Like, you, and, and, like, especially for a child like that who is not 
it's not like a sin thing. It's not even a pride thing. It's an obsession with something that they absolutely love, and they're dedicated. Like, nobody else is talking about basketball anymore, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that's all she's talking about. So it comes off as, I'm talking about myself all the time, you know? But actually, if you listen to what the kid's saying, that's, that's not what's happening at all. She just keeps talking about something nobody else is interested in, and so it come, she's laser-focused on it. And so, you know, it seems like that's all she's talking about. So to bring this back to the conversation, if God creates absolutely everybody with different skills and abilities and talents and even interests that are unique to the individual, everybody's interests and skills and abilities are going to be a little bit different. And instead of looking at my skills and abilities and saying, like, yeah, I mean, that's good, but I'm like, I'm going to focus on this area that I'm not good at, or I'm going to pursue this instead so that I'm more like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Where I'm not saying this well, but like a lot of people dull their shine, whether it be, you know, getting trying to get better grades than, frankly, they really should just because, you know, killing themselves for good grades when they're just not good at this academically. Or, you know, there's always a couple of kids, you know, who are on a basketball team or a football team. Frankly, they contribute more to the team as a manager, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, folks who are trying, de- I mean, in a college setting like ours, desperately trying to get into college choir, it's like, you know what? Why don't you just go be a, a good bass in the corral? Yeah. You know, like, stop trying. Like, because it's not, like, this is not the skill or ability that you've been blessed with. And I think, um, I, I think a lot of people sacrifice the wrong things for the wrong reasons because they want to be more like everybody else instead of leaning into an identity and a purpose which is defined by the skills and abilities that my Heavenly Father has given me, right? So the way that manifests itself in my life is I don't get A's and B's in Greek. I'm getting straight C's in, 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 in the languages, and I even slowed down, and I'm taking three years instead of two, because I, I was passing everything, but I wasn't learning as much as I wanted to. And I, you know, like, sacrificing those things so that I can podcast, so that I can continue to teach, so that I can continue to build relationships. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's 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 not quote-unquote ministry, but so that I can have fires in my backyard and dudes can come over and chill, mm. you know? Like, I want to be able to do all of those things. So, and I do, to an extent, sacrifice the grades, sacrifice the scholarliness of it. Um, so that I can do those things, right? For you, I mean, how many hours of friend time have you sacrificed to go for a run? Yeah, you know. Or Camp Philip in the summers, how many oh, like yeah. how, how many hours or how many summers have you sacrificed to be at home? You know, versus being at home. Right. How many times have you been a kid shooting shooting goals or, or sh- shooting baskets or <laughs> kicking at the at a goal or whatever it might yeah. be instead of being the one out with your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like those. You kind of have to choose what you're going to sacrifice um, based on you know, the purpose and the unique talents and abilities that you but have. Noam, how many weekends have you sacrificed going yeah, home? You ever, to be have with you ever your sacrificed daughter? anything, <laughs> I, uh, I do spend every weekend at home uh, about four or five hours away, um, which is something I love to do. And these are some things where you look at these sacrifices, and sometimes that just has to have a negative connotation in people's minds. But like, love is sacrifice, and that is like, this is my daughter. This is so much love. This is so worth it. So, mm-hmm. well, why don't you give us a little bit more background of your story? Um, I live about four and a half hours away near Wisconsin Dells in Reedsburg, Wisconsin, and I am living the single dad life. And I 
am making being a pastor work as well. And so uh, on weekends I travel back so I can get my in-person dad time, which is the best time of the week. And then uh, late Sundays, about 8 p.m., I go to meet and come back, get here <laughs> at about 1 or 2 a.m. every Monday morning, that is. And uh, that sacrifice it does not hurt me at all. That is just so much fun. And it helps, too, that I like driving and I like podcasts and I like music. <laughs> But uh, now you can listen to yourself on a podcast. Yeah, I know. Right. Now I get to put this on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Your moment of glory. Yes. Your forty-five minutes of glory. Yeah. Yes. Even better. Yes. So has there been a point at which, like, so obviously, as you're having to leave college and things, like, this isn't what you planned, right? Nope. Um, oh. I can imagine. You know, I can. Well, I can only imagine what that conversation's like with yourself. You know, like as you're heading into that situation, you know, and people, you know like the conversations around it start to happen. Right. Um, but have you ever had been at that point where you're just like, yeah, I don't, this, this isn't like, I, I don't know. What does that, what uh, does that frame up in your mind? It does get pretty overwhelming. Uh, sometimes just thinking like, like, man, when I, when I go home, I do still have homework on the weekend like everyone else does, but I, I'm not here at home to do homework right now. And so sometimes that does mean getting back late on those Monday nights and still having, my my greek and my writing assignments to do um but i think it what has helped has been some really gracious and understanding and forgiving uh professors that like have some leeway with me and seem to be just really empathetic and just naturally loving and are able to put themselves in my shoes and just kind of get it and so uh i don't think i've been overloaded at all this year maybe next year when i'm starting up hebrew that'll change <laughs> But, uh, me and you both. Yeah. We'll get through that. We'll get through that together. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I think if you take it one day at a time, really, and, uh, each day has so many blessings to it, whether that's being home and going for a walk to the playground and just putting your homework aside, that's, that's the coolest thing it can be. Or whether that's your day of driving and you get back late, um, there's a lot you can enjoy there, too. And so I just think you have to enjoy it not let it beat you up what are the you keep talking about sacrifice and we obviously that's the conversation here what are some things that you sacrifice to be a dad um like uh sports i play or certain activities i do i'd probably be going out for musicals and stuff like that um sacrificed i was really really close with the the pastor class i was in that graduating class i was in at prep so now i'm all a year behind and uh get to make all new friends, which is just so special, which I didn't see coming. Like I'll have this, this year away from all those guys that I lived with at prep and all these friends like Cameron that I made that were in my class, my freshman year. And, uh, that was really scary, but no, now that's, that's really exciting. Um, it's, it's just been cool looking back at thinking of how hopeless I was, uh, um, finding out I was going to be a dad and thinking of how unready I was and unprepared I was and what is ministry going to look like? What is MLC going to think? What are people going to look at me like? And uh, I, I I definitely did not trust God as, as much as I should have. And just looking back and thinking, what an idiot. Like he was right there, right above mm -hmm. me the whole time. And so it's just been so cool to see his hand and all that. Was there ever a question in your mind of whether ministry was still in the picture or not? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I was, I was at prep, 
probably the biggest of anyone. Like, I think I planned out my roommates at seminary when I was at prep. Like I really had, I had my life planned out. So it was totally a kick in the face and just like a, well, wow, what am I going to do here? Um, when I went home, I had, I worked at a factory and worked a bunch and made a lot of money and moved up really quickly and thought, well, this is a lot of money and this is really easy for me. And this isn't even easy for these guys at this factory. And so I thought I'm probably making more this year than I will in any of my first 10 years as a, as a pastor. <laughs> That's pretty tempting. And, uh, it's not hard. There are people here I enjoy. Um, and, and, and what would you, what would you think of, of learning about this new pastor who has had this kid and you do the math and he was 18. And so it's scary to think about, um, you know, there's a certain amount of time where I just did not want to be seen in public. And then, uh, just kind of like really taking it one day at a time, uh, had a couple of friends really help me with that, with certain things they talked about and, uh, just realizing and seeing this at a factory too, of how approachable it can be to know someone's a sinner and not to think that it's a pastor. That's like so Amen. high above you. And it Amen. really helps so much. It is just unbelievable how easy it is for these people to come to you with. They never would have ever. And so like I had my and Groton Greek book by my like desk at the factory. And that just sparked so many conversations. And these people have probably had these questions for years that they wanted to ask people like me. Mm-hmm. And I doubt they would have if, if they didn't know that that I was like them, maybe. Yeah. Ann Groton making Christians here. She's oh, doing she's doing her best. I don't she's, want to talk about Ann. She's doing her best. <laughs> oh, Ann. I don't want to talk about Ann's Ann. a big fan of the podcast, I'm sure. Oh, jeez. Oh, we've, you gotta we get have her not on. always spoken kindly of Ann on this podcast. <laughs> she needs some love. She needs some love. You gotta get Ann on the podcast. You set it up, I'll interview her. Sure. <laughs> I think uh, one thing that is really notable about, about Caleb that I witnessed as somebody who really just got to be close to you um, freshman year prior to all of this. Obviously, there was that moment of shock and, like you said, just hopelessness, not not because you weren't excited about the idea of having a little girl. Obviously, the, the second you saw her face, everything changed. Um, but your life was totally turned upside down in an instant. Um, and once you got past that, I just remember seeing you, this this shift in you of like, all right, but like, this is what I got to do now. Like, I'm going to go or like, or like talking to you on the phone. Once you started the factory, like hearing about you moving from, um, moving stuff around and, and doing lots of heavy lifting to like, to, to punch numbers and stuff like that, like that you're moving up. <laughs> and it, the attitude was never like, all right, like I got to sacrifice. I gotta, I gotta do this instead of quick trip runs with my friends at school. It was always, this is this is who I am right now because this is who I need to be and and I'm going to do that to the fullest extent just like I was going to do Greek to the fullest extent. Uh, and I think some of that comes from and this talking about having kids but maybe it's naughty to quote Goodwill Hunting and not like <laughs> a, a Bible quote or something but like when you love some something or someone more than you love yourself I think it just is so easy to sacrifice that you just don't even notice that it's sacrifice right. because it's just that important to you. And yeah. some Robin Williams there for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm tooting my own horn here, but I feel like that's been my year here too, is this idea of, like, I swore, like, I've been scolded a couple times for saying this, but it is what I did. Like, I swore I would never be a pastor. Like, ever. Never going to happen. Not doing it. 
Um, and when the time came and the Lord kind of put it on my heart, there isn't a question. Like as soon as as soon as the decision was made, there like there hasn't been a question at any point of like, is this really what I'm doing? Like once the decision was made, it's been all about how do I like all right, whatever like whatever. Even even up to like today, taking a verb test, you know, with Wessel. <laughs> it's a, I, I don't know. I, maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm passing the class, and that's really what I'm more worried about. Um, I have a good enough grade that I would really, really have to bomb. There you go. There you go. The class. Anyway, so like, but even even with in regards to that, like, if I did fail, I, it's just another year in New Orleans. Like, it's not even that. It would just be like less time to work. It would be a financial burden. Uh, but I'll just start over again next year, and off we go again. You know, like it's it's there is no question of um, whether or not it's what I'm going to do. Is was the Lord brought me here? This is what it's whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. I think just talking about sacrifice and just hearing your guys's like, you know, stories with it and stuff. I think, I think what I, I'm coming to realize is like there's really like two types of like situations that you find yourself sacrificing, and I think. One, there's the sacrifice that comes as a result of something that like just needs to happen. So like, so for Caleb, you have it. You have a kid, right? And mm-hmm. so like, yes, obviously you make this <laughs> choice to sacrifice every single day, but also you just found yourself in that situation. It just kind of like happened. At the same time, like for me, like. <laughs> Sorry, I just had this moment of like, what well, did just like? Yeah, yeah, obviously, but like, <laughs> but like, we it's all know just, how this works. It's a result of you know a result of life, right? And so, right, um, and so you know, Caleb is now you know being a great dad, and he's sacrificing for it. Um, at the same time, um, I think that there's also instances that just kind of like you have a, a choice, and I, I guess Caleb has a choice as well. So um, that may, <laughs> maybe this doesn't hold true, but I. But I think, like, there's also, you know, points where, like, for me, go- coming to MLC versus staying at the U of M, like, I had a decision to make, and in those moments, I think you look at where your gifts lie, where has God gifted you. I, I go back to, like, the, the, and you had the choice, too, like, to come back to MLC, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so... I think, like, in that moment, I think I, I go back to the parable of the, t- the talents. Like, God has all gifted us, all given us different things, and our job is, as Christians here on this earth is to steward them. And so you can sacrifice for certain things. You can sacrifice um, for something that may not be using your talents to the way that God has actually gifted you. And at that point, like, you have a decision, like, is this actually a worthy sacrifice, you know? Um, where has God gifted me and then called me to be? And so for me personally, like it sucks sometimes to sacrifice for a job that I have still six years until I'm actually able to be called out. You know, it, it sucks to be stuck in Nuwam, but it's worth it because I saw where God had gifted me. I felt that he was calling me to this and therefore I had to be obedient. Right. And right. so, mm. um, so sacrifice as a way of, following and being obedient to what God is calling you to is like what he's called us to do on this earth. You know, I think, uh, to tie in with what both of you said a little bit, uh, talking about choices and using like your gifts for ministry for sacrifice. You were talking about professor Wessel and we had, we had talked to him in my classic Latin literature class about, you know, being a professor and that he's a pastor. Like, what do you, do you wish you were in the parish? How much do you miss the parish? And about how he said, every day I wish I was in a parish right now. Um, But like um, anyone who knows Professor Wessel knows how gifted he is uh, in knowing 
just about everything. And so he talked about how cool it is to see us go through MLC and to help us and to get to say that he knew us when we were studying and that now we're pastors 10, 20 years later. And uh, to see his gifts um, in the past, in the professor setting is like, that's a lot of sacrifice knowing that he himself would probably enjoy having a church in anywhere right now. Yeah. 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 I, well, I think a guy like that too, when you look at like you look at his skills and abilities, he was a, he won't admit this, but he was a fantastic football player. Hmm. He could be a professional musician playing yeah, bass. That's for sure. Like I'm not saying he'd be like a big time rock star or anything, but he could be making a good living, probably a better living than he is playing guitar like there's so many things that are not like but that's not what he that's not who he is and what he's choosing to do i honestly it's the first i was distracted for being a teacher and like frankly trying to be like having spent six years trying to be a master at the craft right i spent the first two weeks of wessel's class like getting distracted by his teaching like because he's so good i was just sitting there he's appreciating, like appreciating his teaching and not actually learning anything because i was just like wow this guy's so good at this he's amazing <laughs> and then i'll be like oh shoot i'm supposed to be taking notes you know right, right. whatever um like um but again like you said his he just you know he's got this let me follow where you lead attitude and that has led him exactly where he is and the fact that the guy can teach an entire lesson on greek verbs by quoting rock lyrics from the 80s. <laughs> He's a nerd. Like, He's a nerd. And, and, and I remember it so much better because of that. Like, it's not like the Lord threw all those gifts away and was like, nope, you're not using these because you're a professor. The same talents and abilities that he's been using his whole life that he could have chosen to pursue instead of this, the Lord is now using them for the work that he's doing. And I think a lot of times we lose sight of that. There's a conversation that around MLC every four or five years just pops up. Like, should we even have interscholastic sports? You know, like we've got such a good football team. We spend money on it, but is it really helping ministry? Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's helping ministry because now you've got a whole bunch of guys who have an expertise in something that the world wants and needs. Mm -hmm. And now they have an opportunity to share the gospel, both with kids who are in love with football and they have an opportunity to go be a part of, like, whether it's just having a conversation, like doing barstool ministry at Buffalo Wild Wings, or coaching a local football team, or having a great football program that's attracting kids to the community too. Like, it just, the, the ripples go on forever and ever and ever, right? For sure. And so we do sacrifice things to have those programs. We do sacrifice things to be a part of those programs. I just, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is a lot of times you'll hear people say stuff like, you know, it's only Jesus all the time. And that's true, but that doesn't mean I don't ever, like, have fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or have a hobby besides Greek and Hebrew. Right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can find Jesus more on a football field than you can in a Greek textbook. I can. I, I don't find a lot of Jesus in a Greek textbook. <laughs> right. I, obviously, when goes, you're reading the Bible in Greek, there's, right. it's a different story. Right. But I don't, like, when I'm studying verbs, it's not like I'm getting closer to Jesus. If anything, it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? No. I, I just... I, I think that just goes back to the individual thing that we were talking about before. Because um, with sacrifice, like, there's there are things that are sacrifices for some people that will never be a sacrifice for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think... I so, so this might be the tie-in, finally, to where I was going before is most of the world doesn't actually sacrifice. I know. I should be better at this. <laughs> most of the world doesn't actually sacrifice anything. They call it sacrifice, but what it really is is a begrudging acceptance of their circumstances. Mm. 
Like they don't actually sacrifice anything. They never they never make a conscious decision like, no, I'm going to do this instead of this or I'm going to give up on this part of whatever in order to pursue a greater purpose because they don't have a sense of identity. Like God doesn't create average people. He gives everybody talents and abilities. There's something you could be good at, right? There's something you can be exceptional at. It's it's in everyone. That's how he created us unique. And so when you have quote-unquote normal people, the reason we're normal or average is because there's nothing extraordinary about us. And that's not because God created us without anything extraordinary. It's because we've never actually like taken a risk and gone out and pursued it. Right. You know, And so a lot of people don't understand the sacrifices we make. They look at us like we're weird. They just don't get it. Right, because they're just they haven't ever actually stepped out and taken a risk. I, I so over on the wall over here, we've talked about this a couple of times. It's the man in, men in the arena speech, but the idea that mm. like everybody's always going to point at the people who like try and fail and be like, eh, "What do you, you know, you, you did all this and now you failed." You know, like mm-hmm. you threw away your whole life because you, you had one night of stupidity, right? Mm-hmm. Or like if you you could have been a you know, I, whatever, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like they're just pointing fingers and, and tearing people down um, because they don't understand the sacrifice. They don't, they don't understand that the goal, like think about a high school football team. The goal obviously is to win state, but any decent football coach, they're not coaching you to win state. They're building men along the way. And you've got skills and abilities that are built along the way, right? Like the MLC soccer team is an average soccer team, right? <laughs> basketball team a little bit below average no hate just saying a little bit below average but there's a purpose far greater than basketball involved in this Mm -hmm. and making there's a team full of young men making great sacrifices to be a part of it because there's dividends that are going to be paid for generations on the other side of it and people don't understand that sacrifice because a lot of people never actually step out and on the limb and take that jump to to sacrifice something yeah i think what you're kind of drawing at is like is putting your wants interests number one selfish is that and then stepping out and then putting everything else aside is that truly sacrifice like to just selfishly i think the world naturally just wants to selfishly sacrifice for themselves so they may say it's sacrifice but um it's just for themselves like they they want to pursue something they want a certain career and so you know that it's not the worst thing in the entire world but they're sacrificing for what they want and i think what God calls us to do is to sacrifice for what he wants, right? And so um, I think that's, and that's what true sacrifice is, right? So Jesus' ultimate sacrifice for us. And he didn't, he stepped out uh, of eternal glory for us. And that was not his, his like, it wasn't his want or a natural desire to have to do that, right? It was because of the fact that we screwed up, we we sinned. And yet at the same time, he came down stepped out of of the the position that he had and, and risked it all for us outside of it was the ultimate selfless example right and so um i think the true true picture of what sacrifice is is stepping outside of yourself and putting it all on the line for others number one or others possibly but also um number one stepping out and sacrificing for something greater than yourself which is Jesus, you know, is what he's called us to do. And so, yeah. I think, I think you can go even wider than that. Yeah. And say, God sacrificed perfection 
for the sake of showing his love in the ultimate way. He he could have made us all robots, mm-hmm. but he chose to to exchange, you know, computer brains and and uh, hydraulic press hearts for hearts of flesh and free will. And then when we screwed that up, he scooped us back up in his arms and and saved us. And now he's doing it again. And he's calling imperfect people that he saved. (laughs) And he's sacrificing perfection for the sake of showing his love. He doesn't want Pharisees going out and telling people you should believe in God because I'm perfect, you know? Like he, he wants people to say, like you were talking before, Caleb, it seems like a weakness at first to say, yeah, I really screwed up when I was a teenager. But it's, I think, I think that that's way less of a weakness than it is a strength to say, Hey, I screwed up and you, you, you screw up too. And this is how God showed me blessings through that, that I could not even ever imagine. And he's going to do the same thing for you. You know, mm-hmm. that's huge. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I, so, um, Caleb, the interesting thing about your situation here is you could have gone your whole life saying like, ah, I wanted to be a pastor, but then I had a kid and I sacrificed the pastor dream mm-hmm. in order to be a dad, right? And on the flip side, you're sacrificing time with your kid in order to be here preparing for ministry. And you're preparing for a ministry where you're going to, frankly, like no pastor spends enough time with their kids. It just is. like, And if they do, it's because they're not spending enough time with their ministry. You know, like there's there's never a happy balance. There just isn't. You know, like being a pastor's kid, I can tell you firsthand, they're trying their hardest, and one of the two isn't gonna be fulfilled, right? Um, like, there's and there's always gonna be people, people from the outside looking in and saying he sacrificed the wrong thing, right? Yep. Um, there's always no matter your situation is just a like a <laughs> just up on a billboard, right? Um, but it's true for everybody. Like, there's always going to be somebody looking at you saying, like, nah, that wasn't the right sacrifice to make. How did you decide which sacrifice to make? Um, talking with my pastor, we talked about what you just talked about, the juggle that pastors make between their call and their family. Um, and then just that that juggle is just going to start earlier for me because pastoral student and family is just going to be what I'm juggling right now. And so uh, whether that means that I now I'm just one week away from when I'm really happy and I just get to have my summer of awesome time with Sophia um, and living on the FaceTime throughout the week or and having my fun two nights. Uh, that's a sacrifice that, I mean, this is this is now two more years of, of this where it's really four hours away. It's And then it's Sam, which is just, it's closer. It's preschool, it's kindergarten, it's like, um, a time to be a lot more present, but also, uh, what do you want to, what do you want to tell your kids is the reason that you didn't follow your dreams. Um, so like if I want to be a pastor, I was going to have to do this new alm thing at one point, right? Cause, <laughs> because online school is just not really an option for us. I guess that was just not even made a choice. Well, and, and I couldn't like, believe they didn't there, do that this year. But- yeah, like you can do the the whatever. I don't even remember what the pick or whatever it it's is. Crazy. It's crazy. It's pretty it, easy it's to like get on online years. school. <laughs> all, all you have to do is just <laughs> get COVID. Cameron, did a, Cameron did a lot of that this year. <laughs> Nine weeks, man. Oh my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> that would have been a pretty meta way to, to get time with your daughter. 
thought about it. I thought about it again. Somebody snoozed on me already. I really thought about it. You don't even know. <laughs> I, no, I, I thought about going the whole semester. Where was I? Um, but it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Like uh, over over Christmas break, like this thing came out that we can't leave campus. And I was like, uh, then I won't be here. That's just how it's going to go. Or I'll play these cards where I say that my roommate got COVID and I say that I, I knew someone that I ran into that and I'll go home and it's just how it's going to go. But uh, it was just like really one email to President Gurgle and he was just like, uh, your job as a dad is so much more important as your job as any sort of student. And it was just, it was super quick and it was all I needed. So it's been, it's been easy where I, I haven't had to feel bad and I really wouldn't have anyway uh, just to go home every weekend. But uh um, I, and I guess, yeah, that's, I don't know. You do what you have to. Yep. I just, when I, I, I as an off-campus student, I got the email that I was supposed to leave campus. I was just like, okay. Oh, shoot. Sure. <laughs> All right. Bummer. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun to send an email and be like, like I, guys, I just, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I don't live on campus. And so like. Well, Where can I go? And, and, the, and, the, and the whole student, like their student, you were, the student teachers were like quarantined before they went off campus and things like that. I'm like, God, I, I, I've been, I've been doing this the whole time. Like, I don't understand. I, uh, another thing, uh, just to kind of come back to that original question was, of like, of like, why did I, why did I pick to go back to school in the first place? Was, uh, I remember when, when everyone kind of found out about, uh, me having to take the year off and everything. I talked to a lot of people that were like, yeah, my grandpa went through the same thing. My uncle went through the same thing. They were at MLC. They were at SEM. And every time I asked, oh, like, that's that's great. Uh, like, what what are they, where are they at now? Well, they didn't go back to MLC. Like, why would they do that? Like, uh, but they're, they're happy now. Like, you don't worry about it. You'll be happy. And just thinking, like, I would love for someone to go through this in the future and for someone to say, there's this guy who's a pastor now and he's so happy being a pastor now because mm-hmm. he grinded and got through it. And it was, he yeah. just smiled along the whole See, way. Newsflash folks, your pastors are messed up dudes. <laughs> like there are no, there are no pastors that get through unscathed. Right. Like they, 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 and and yeah. that's, that's again, the tough thing about your particular situation is as visible for the world, but you haven't committed any more greater sin than any of the rest of us have. Yeah. Like it just was the sin happened to be one with different consequences, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. I, I, that it's a struggle for me to 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 swallow some of those pills sometimes. Well, that's why I think it's important for any pastor, you know, maybe especially me, but anyone, just to be totally transparent with your congregation, but anyone you're talking to about like uh, giving law in a sermon, not just saying like like that you are all damned sinners, but like but like we all deserve hell. Like I, I Mm -hmm. deserve hell so much. And, uh, Jesus died because of me, but now how cool is that? Cause Jesus died for me and that, and so that's pretty cool. Well, you say that like essentially the sin part is our starting point. Like, Hey, so here's the deal with all of us and don't you forget it, but I got some news for you. (laughs) Like, isn't this, isn't this great? Like this is, this is the back end of that. And, and we, we, a lot of times lean too hard on that, that one side, with the attitude of, I've never done, like, that, you know. This isn't the sin I struggle with. We look at the people around us and start to forget that we're just as lost and broken and damaged as everybody else. That's, in, in my own ministry, I, I bumped up against it a couple of different times where it was like, you know, this is this is who I am. Like, I, I'm broken and I'm messed up and I've made a mistake and 
the, the I guess where I bumped up against it usually was, well, don't tell them that. <laughs> it was like <laughs> this attitude of like, well, why are you, why are you telling people you made a mistake? It's like, well, because I did, mm. and because they deserve to know, and because everybody messes stuff up. You know, mm. like that that extreme ownership of to throw some catchphrases out there. That, but that that it is extreme. The extreme ownership as a Christian of saying like, "Look, I am a sinner. I'm totally messed up. This isn't like I, I wish we were on a podcast because I'd be using different language. That's how messed up we are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, the you know, this is where we are. The Lord is going to continue to use me. He's going to continue to use you. Yeah, you know, and, and and here we let's do it. And kind of having that attitude instead of an attitude of you know, who can be the 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 whitest washed of tombs. Yeah. How how much do we discount God's grace by convincing ourselves that we have to wake up every morning and convince Jesus that we were worth dying for? Woofta. Well, well, and I wasn't worth dying for. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like I wasn't worth dying no, for at all. That's not the for whole, a second. Like, uh, that's, that's, we, I wasn't. And that's the whole American Christianity thing is like, I'm enough. Mm-hmm. You're worth it. Like, how many white girls are wearing shirts that say, I am enough or you are enough? Right. You're or, not. And, and the God that you're trying to impress every day is the only person in the room who has never forgotten how redeemed you are. Mm-hmm. And the reason he hasn't forgotten how redeemed you are is because he also he, knows the other side. And he's the one who redeemed you. He looked at you from <laughs> he eternity and was like, oof, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. It wasn't like, wow, you're worth it. <laughs> it's like, right. look at that dirt bag. That's... That guy's a sack of used menstrual cloths. I'm a receipt. <laughs> that's scripture. Yeah. I'm going a, I'm to a take him anyway. Let's do this. I don't, I don't remember who the quote was, uh, but somebody, I, I read it somewhere, is uh, God doesn't want silver vessels. God wants yielded vessels, and he'll use them as he pleases. Mm. Go ahead. Uh, and that's just where sacrifice just ties in with love. Like, just the ultimate example. Not only we know every day of love for us, but, like, that example of sacrifice. Like, he gave everything he had for people that are making him do the horrible thing that he never needed to do. Mm-hmm. Just to simplify. Well, with the end with the end game in mind, is it really that great of a sacrifice? You know, like it, it, it's it's an eternity with my heavenly Father. Is it is it really that great of a sacrifice? One of my so Francis Chan has his ups and downs. He's got some <laughs> stuff he does well. He has some stuff he doesn't do so well. But one of his favorite things that he does all the time is he's got this. He'll take like a rope. Um, mm-hmm. Back in the day, apparently he took you know that printer paper with like the holes on the sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would take one. He would draw like a line on it. And then he would have this ream of paper going across the room. And more, lately he's been doing, like, it's a rope, and he puts a piece of, duct, like, red duct tape on one end of it. And then it's, like, a 150-foot rope. Yeah. He says, like, this is your earthly life. And then all that, heading down, like, heading around the sanctuary twice and then down the hallway. This is your eternity. And that isn't even a start of your, like, that's just, like, a a, a taste of eternity. And And we're so worried about this. You know, like if we would consider all of that, the rest of this wouldn't feel like such a big deal. You know, like two years in the wall, three years in the wall wouldn't feel that that bad. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. uh, like sacrificing a paycheck for some ministry, it, it wouldn't feel like that big of a sacrifice. Like recognizing you're going to be shopping at play against sports when your kids start playing football someday wouldn't feel like that big of a deal. <laughs> If you have your eternal perspective, right, of this is where we're headed, this is why we do what we do, the sacrifice doesn't feel so painful uh, when you consider the law, the eternal term, I guess. 
Yeah, and I think that goes for every area of life. Like I, we, I know we've been focusing a lot on like just pastoral ministry and and stuff, just because you know that's, that's who we, we are. Yeah, that's who we are, and that's what we know. But like I think you know anybody who's listening to this, like the sacrifice, the eternal perspective, it doesn't stop just at pastoral. Like any any opportunity, any ministry, any any life you live, you can you can sacrifice, you can love. Um, you can have that eternal perspective and, and honestly, like you guys get to participate in, in, in ways that we can't, we, now I think we can just because like, we're not there yet, but one day we're going to get to a, a, a place where, uh, we're going to be pastors, leaders of a church. And at that point, it's a lot tougher for us because we're only interacting with really those who are in our church besides like some missionary opportunities. We're not in the work situation. We're not in the schools. We're not in, you know, any environment you may find yourself in um, as much as, as we would be if we were actually, like, in the business world. And so you, <laughs> listeners, like, you guys have more of an opportunity than we will one day um, to be the church, to be what God has called us to be um, by going out and actually fulfilling the commission and, and sacrificing for people. Um, because I can tell you, in a world that, has you know disenfranchised itself with the the idea of sacrifice and the idea of living for something greater than just themselves when somebody lives differently and lives for something outside of themselves and sacrifices that sticks out and it stuck out for me last year at the u of m you know um just the the audacity i had to get out of bed at three o'clock when one of my friends came stumbling into my room blackout drunk and Ten minutes later, found out that their their best friend committed suicide that week. You know that sacrifice of sleep and like having to deal with the so called annoyance of somebody you know knocking over literally everything in my room. In that moment, <laughs> it showed her that I was different. You know, I lived for something outside of myself, and as a result of that, she was willing to take the step and to go to church. You know, and so. You guys have such a unique and special opportunity to be the church out in the real world, and that's that's so cool. I actually see that as a sacrifice on my end. As yeah, like I want, I love being a lay person. Yeah, I'm <laughs> jealous of lay people. I would like, agree. Yeah, I right now I am kind of a lay. Per- I'm not technically right. called, but I work for this church. You know, so yeah. like I, I I'm not technically a lay person but i also kind of like i'm jealous of the ability to choose the way in which i serve Mm -hmm. if that makes sense and i see that as a sacrifice where like as a lay person you can just say like no this is this is how this is how i'm gonna give to jesus this is how i'm gonna this is the way i'm gonna go about it and i'm jealous of that i also think like you know we do make a lot of pastor applications like you said because that's who we are yeah exactly but yeah. the reality is the sacrifices don't change like mm. you're sacrificing money for like if you're if you own a landscaping company you're gonna put in an honest bid because you're gonna be fair because that's what you've been commanded to do you're gonna sacrifice money at times mm-hmm. like you're gonna when you make a mistake you're not gonna charge somebody for it because you recognize that this is who you are and this is how you behave because of who you are and who you've been bought by you know, like I'm going to end up being a slave to my heavenly father instead of a slave to my sinful flesh. Um, and that's going to cost me. It's right. going to be a lot of loss. It's going to be a lot of sacrifice. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you're doing ministry professionally or whether you're cleaning scum out of pools professionally. Yeah. Like, you, there's going to be opportunities to sin for gain 
and you're gonna have to sacrifice those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, fellas. Any final thoughts here? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been a blast, man. We got like two minutes left. We ask everybody that comes on the show. I think you might have a unique perspective to this. What does it mean to be a man? Or what makes a Christian man? Wow. Somebody who sacrifices. (laughs) (laughs) That probably goes into it. What makes a Christian man? Hmm. I would think, uh, I would think once, once you start putting others before yourselves and like once the selflessness starts to form and like you really form that servant's heart, I think that's when you can really become a man, um, a Christian man. So, cause I think sometimes you think a man is just like, he can fix his flat tire and he's shot a gun before stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think, I think just like naturally living out Christ and putting others first. Um, and then, uh, being able to do that, and then have others like see that and and, and care like uh, like like there are twelve year olds out there that are putting them that are putting others first or or do care the same but like I think it, I think there's a certain shift when it just matters more. Yeah, <laughs> simple and well said. Yeah. Um, I think as we're as we're this is gonna be the last broadcast for a while because the school year's coming to an end. Yeah. You guys aren't around all the time, so. <laughs> um, Here's a here's another one. I'm I know I'm just throwing you guys under the bus here, but um, what uh, the way this all started? This whole podcast started as a whatever boy needs to know to be a man speech, right? Mm-hmm. That was my speech to the world. Like, hey, I just want boys to know. I don't want guys to have to go down the path I went down, and and, and I don't want people to have to deal with what I had to deal with in order to figure it out. Um, so at the end of this COVID, like masks are coming off in a month, right? Like mm-hmm. we're on the other end of it. It's been a weird year. All like just everything has been bizarre. And this particular group of guys has been in particularly unique circumstances throughout it. Um, So coming out of it, what would you right now, just like off the top of your head, what is every boy? What should every boy know right now? If you could get a piece, give a piece of, of advice to every boy across the globe right now, what would that piece of advice be? I'll tell you what, here, you can think. I'll go start. Um, my, mine would just be, it's a John Eldridge's quote, let the world feel the way to who you are and let them deal with it. Like, stop worrying about what the world thinks, about what they say, about, you know, what's going on in popular culture, all of it. Forget it. Talk to your Heavenly Father. Figure out what you and Jesus are going to do together and go do it. And let everybody else deal with it, you know? Yeah. Like, just... Go do you, be you, you and Jesus doing your thing, and forget everybody. Well, don't forget everybody else. You know what I mean? It's like, just who cares what anybody else thinks? You go do your you and Jesus thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's extremely similar to what I was going to say. Um, I was telling Caleb last night about the impact this guy's had on my life this year. Um, e- even coming into my junior year of college, training to be a pastor, like, you're supposed to have it all together, right? No. <laughs> I, I, I was so wrapped up in, in just this crippling doubt in in how i was how i was viewed i i really I, I felt i had a good sense of my own identity like i i was telling caleb this too like I've, I've always felt like i'm on my own team like i i i have not struggled much with um self-esteem things like that but as far as how people view me that's something that was that was nearly crippling to me at the beginning of this year and 
in, in conversations with Ezra, just having him say like, you, people aren't going to know who you are unless you show them who you are. You know, like you got to, you got to step out of your own skin for a second and realize like nobody, nobody's thinking as negatively about you as you think that they are. So just like give them a chance to love you because you are being you don't feel like you have to assume that they, that they're not and then act a different, act differently because of that. Yeah. Well, you got a heavenly father that loves you and a whole lot of people around you that love their heavenly father. Yeah. And if they love him and he loves you, mm-hmm. you're going to be all right. Yeah. So that's, that's been my honestly probably greatest area of growth in, in, during COVID is just kind of finding myself and then being okay with, with people forming their own opinions about who that person is. It's interesting because as soon as you say that, I can see it. Yeah. But I would have never put my finger on it. Mm. That's cool, man. <laughs> Appreciate you, dude. <laughs> um, I think my one thing would be the fact that Jesus has redeemed you means that he is to set your value. And so Jesus literally showed you how much you're worth as a Christian young man, which was his, his life. And so I think at, at times I try to put my identity, especially in this COVID time where you're isolated and you're away from people. And for the first time in a long time, I actually dealt with who I, you know, who I was, <laughs> what was in the closet because I had so much time on my hands, specifically in the, uh, you know, when we all had to like quarantine for so, so long, um, is that I, I recognized that my identity, who I was foundationally, wasn't always Jesus, it was myself at times. And I don't think that's ever going to go away 100%. I think because we're still on earth, it'd be a naive of me to say that at some point, I'm just 100% going to be able to place my identity um, in Jesus Christ. But at the same time, it's not about me. It's about the fact that he redeemed me and he places himself at the center of my life through his Holy Spirit. And so um, recognize that, Know, have confidence in the fact that your blood bought child of God and that your identity is is set and your worth is set in the fact that, that he paid his life for you um, when he redeemed you so uh, I think to talk to a to a boy I would talk about knowing yourself and about that it's not about the number of people you surround yourself with but like how much that the people you surround yourself with can build you up in Christ and that's in your faith in your strengths and ministry or in just service in general and in your weaknesses um and just uh i I would say that's all that's all i need that's pretty simple short and sweet yeah well and and to take it a little further you're gonna screw it up Mm -hmm. but that doesn't change who you are and how he sees you like i i don't again i read it somewhere i don't know who said it but we, we sometimes we think god's surprised by how sinful and like how awful we can be so it's us that's surprised and shocked by how depraved we are. It's not our Heavenly Father. He knows and he has known, and yet he still did what he did. Like We're just surprising ourselves and sometimes surprising each other with how depraved and awful and immoral and sinful we can be. We're not surprising him. And so it's not like I'm letting God down when I sin. Like I certainly don't want to sin because I love my Heavenly Father. But that's not how this relationship goes, mm-hmm. you know? Like... He knows, mm-hmm. and yet he has loved me. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Praise God. Last thoughts? Appreciate you guys. This is cool. Yeah, this is cool. Awesome. <laughs> With that being said, go be the man that God created you to be.
Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.